the, the things that I've had to do, the things I've had to navigate, the decisions I've had to make this year. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I gotta, I got work to do. What's interesting about this idea of voice has a couple of things to it, right? It has tone, rhythm, and sound. Because when you hear things, you begin creating and seeing things in your mind. The same is with misinformation. The same is with lies. The same is the stuff that you've heard about, maybe how terrible you are, or how useless you are, or you're not enough. You take that and then you draw the reality. You create your reality, and that affects what you do in life. You and I, we need ears to hear and eyes to see so we have the power to do what God wants us to do. Hey friends and welcome to Mosaic. If you're tuning in live on Sunday morning, awesome welcome. If you're watching or listening to this later on, I'm just glad you're here. Man, what a, what a strange, uh, unnerving um, week we've had. Uh, I mean, the word unprecedented, you know, I, can't, I, I don't even, first, first of all, I'm not quite sure if I'm saying that word correctly, uh, but it's the word that I keep on hearing, right? It's like we're living in uh, a time where we're just amazed by all the things that are going on. So I, I'm glad you tuned in because this morning we're starting a brand new series and actually it speaks right into this idea of uncertainty that we're facing because this series is actually about certainty. It's about this idea that we can actually tap into what what God wants to show us and find out if we're actually becoming more like him. And so this series is about being very clear about are we becoming more like Jesus? I mean, wouldn't that be great? I mean, I think there's so many of us, we walk through life and we go, uh, and we wonder as we struggle through sin and struggle with being better people, we go, you know what, I wonder if I'm actually getting better. Am I a good Christian? Have you ever thought that? Am I maturing in, in, in the Lord, if you've ever heard that? Or am I growing in my spirituality? Am I becoming the person God wants me to be? Good news, because we're going to talk about that. And this series, um, now we usually call a series something, like basically it's a set of conversations, and this conversation, these conversations are actually going to go on for about nine weeks. But I want to tell you, I don't have a title for it. Yes, it's the first time we don't have a title for a series. We have images for the series, and here's why. Because I saw this image. Let me show it to you. You see it? Okay, this image right here is called The Comedian. Yes, it's called The Comedian. It's by this guy, I can't pronounce his name. Uh, and uh, he took, yes, and that's exactly what it is. It's a banana duct taped to a wall. By the way, it was artwork and it sold for $120,000. Oh my gosh. By the way, I've got some duct tape. I've got some bananas. I'm going to make some money. Not going to happen. But when I saw this painting I, or this art piece, I thought, that's, that's it. That is spiritual growth right there. And this series is really about spiritual growth. It, 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 it'll make more sense to you, but what I want to do is I want to make sure that you and I know that in the midst of everything that's going on in our lives, in the midst of us trying to figure out decisions about school and work and decisions about schooling and the decisions about uh, this economy that we're in and decisions about how are we supposed to react in times, in uncertain times, I just want to give you some clarity on your spiritual walk with God. So that's what we're going to do. Now, what does that look like? What does that mean? What we're going to do is we're going to spend about nine weeks. Yes, you heard me. Nine weeks in Galatians chapter five. I was going to say three, but no, five. And um, here's why. Here's why. Because again, 
in the midst of uncertain times, I think it would be really great for us to be very clear and be very certain about are we becoming more like Jesus? Are we becoming the people God had in mind? So it's going to be so much fun, I think, and we're going to walk through that. So if you've got a Bible, if you've got something that you can pull up scriptures, let's jump right in. Um, I want to go to Galatians chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. Let's start off there. It says this, For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness which we hope. For which we hope. Now, let's just stop right here. What he's saying here is that there is, there is a, there is a longing, there's a yearning, there's a eagerness, there's a waiting for all of us. We're all in this thing, and there's a hope attached to it. And this hope and this waiting is connected to connected to this idea of wanting to become like God. But he says here, for through the Spirit, for through the Spirit, and I want you to make sure you understand that. Then he goes on, he goes, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcised or uncircumcised has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So, translation, he talks about spiritual things. He's talking about the fact that it's not about you being a certain kind of religious person. It's not about you doing these religious activities. No, bottom line, it comes down to this. Number one, we're all wanting to become a certain kind of person. Number two, he says, here's how it happens. It happens through God's spirit. And really what it looks like, it's, it's, it's a spiritual thing. And it's produced. It's produced in love by God's spirit. So, number one, first of all, before we go into any kind of deep conversations about spiritual maturity, you have to understand if you're going to grow in God, it's going to take the Holy Spirit to do that. I mean, there was a guy who went to Jesus and said, hey, what, let, let, me ask you, let me ask you something. What do I need to do to have like, the kind of life you live? Like, he, this guy was Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. He was like, like the, your spiritual reality that you live in, I want that. And Jesus said, you must be born again. And you remember what he said? He said, he said you, have to be, you, have to, you have to be born by the Holy Spirit. To which Nicodemus was like, oh, I'm sorry, what does that mean? Because he was thinking like, well, I can't like go back into my mother's womb and be born. No, no, no. Jesus was saying, let me just tell you, the Spirit will have to give birth to your spiritual life. So if you've been trying so hard to become this spiritual person, this, this person that has it all together and it's like knows everything or has the best attitude when it comes to uh, anxiety or when you look at times uh, like the we're in right now and you have this peace that surpasses all understanding. If, if, it's, if you have that, I think it's connected to a spiritual reality you live in, and it's not connected to your human understanding. It's deeper than that. So before we go anywhere else, just know that, that it's connected to the Spirit. But then in the book of Galatians, the writer here, he talks about this other concept of how this actually happens. Like how do we become followers of Jesus? They're so connected and so growing by the Spirit in love. How do, how do, we, how do we do that? So let's read on. In verse 13, he says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Okay, he said you were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge uh, the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. 
What he's saying here is when you hear the message of Jesus and you go, hey, just believe in Jesus and you give your life to Jesus and he takes your sins, it is awesome. It is great because sign me up for that. But he says, hey, listen, listen, it's not, it's not easy, as easy as that. It's not like, oh, oh this is a, I get a getaway card, kind of like I get, a, I get a pass to do whatever I want to do. No, he says there's something deeper going on. It, the, the freedom that you, God has given you, the freedom to get off of the spiritual treadmill, it comes with, in one sense, a responsibility. But he goes on to explain it, and he says, here's what happens. You have to serve one another humbly in love. And then he says this, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Then he says this, if you bite and devour each other, man, what a timely word. He says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out for you will be what? Destroyed by each other. Friends, we got to stop and just go, hold on here. For some of us, we just got to repent. Like, you know what? It is an amazing thing when the righteous repent. I mean, we want sinners to repent. I think righteous people need to repent more. We need to stop because that's when revival comes. That's when transformation happens, not just personally, but corporately and in the community. When righteous people say, hey, we got it wrong. Here he's saying, don't do this. Don't, don't, don't use your freedom to do whatever you want to do um, without the responsibility of loving each other well. He goes on. Let's move on. He says, so I say, so I say, he says, a walk by the Spirit, and, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What he's saying here is, if you and I commit to, the first thing we understood right here, is that if we commit to being in step with the Spirit, we connect to this reality that we need God's Spirit in us to produce in us and through us and uh, to be the p- person that God wants us to be, it, it, it means that we have to be uh, so tuned in with God's Spirit, so open to God's Spirit, that, that that is the game changer. That's the game changer. So that's why he says, walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh, not by your mind, not by your opinion, not by anything else. No, by the Spirit. And then he explains uh, what the, uh, the Spirit does and then what the flesh does. He says, if you do whatever you want to do, he says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. So you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. He says, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, fractions, and, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. He says, I warn you, uh, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What he's saying here is not like, hey, you're not going to go to heaven. The kingdom of God, that phrase is deeper than that. He's saying you're not going to experience the life that you want. You, this yearning you have to be, to be a better person, you're not going to achieve that because what you're doing is you're going contrary to the Spirit. The Spirit wants to lead you in this direction, but the flesh wants you to lead you in this direction. And you and I have to make up our mind. If we want to grow spiritually, we have to, friends, we have to move in the direction of the Holy Spirit, not in the direction of the flesh. That's the first thing we got to do. So if you want to be very clear, if very clear about, like, am I becoming a follower of Jesus? Am I growing to become, uh, becoming who God wants me to be? Am I a good Christian? Am, am I growing? Well, 
Are you in step with the Holy Spirit? Are you open to God's Spirit? Are you saying yes to God's Spirit? Are you doing all of those things? Or are you going, no, 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 my opinion, my things, my matter, everything matters, my flesh. He says, because those end in different directions. He just laid out what the flesh does. Now, he says, let me tell you what the Spirit does. And so he puts it up, verse 22. He says, but the fruit, remember, fruit, again, again, remember that, the whole banana and duct tape. Okay, anyways, but, but the fruit of the Spirit is, is, is what? Is, 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 is a lot of things. He says, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and, and guess what? Self-controlled. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. And then he says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us uh, keep in step with the Spirit. Now, remember, there's the direction of the flesh, and then there's the direction of the Spirit. And here he says, hey, if you are led by the Spirit, all these things you will start growing in. And these are fruit that is produced by the Holy Spirit. This is the kind of life you'll live. So remember when I said, hey, we're going to spend nine weeks on this. And you're like, what? Nine weeks? Nine? You've never done anything for nine weeks. I mean, first of all, you know what? Don't be hating, okay? I'm not consistent, yes, but I'm creative. Sort of, maybe. But what we're going to do is we're going to go through all of these things. And guess what's going to happen? We're going to go through love, joy, and we're going to evaluate ourselves. And at the end of this and during this, we're going to really know, are we really becoming, truly becoming followers of Jesus? Are we the church that we claim to be? Or are we really, truly the church that Jesus had in mind? We're going to know because here's what's going to happen. This passage, people don't like talking about it, but this is spiritual maturity. If we look at all these qualities and we rate ourselves, are we growing in them? Do we have fruit connected to any of, any of these? I'll tell you what this is going to do. This is going to remove all the uncertainty, all the, I'm not quite sure if I'm growing in God. I'm not quite sure. No, this is going to really clarify for us, are we moving in the direction of Jesus? It's also, it's also going to do this. It's going to call BS. Ooh, can I say that? I'm just saying it. It's going to call BS on the things that we think we are like, but we're not really. It's going to say, no, 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 you're not really those things. You're not those things. You're not those things. And I think this is great for us because here's the deal. And you know this. You know this. It, with this week and not just with this, this past year, man, the church has to be extremely clear about uh, what they stand for and who they are and who they're trying to become. We have to be very clear on the fact that are we moving in the direction of Jesus? Are we in step with the Spirit or are we pretending that we're all about the Spirit, but we're actually moving towards the flesh. So let's start with the first one, which is love. Now, some translations uh, call it different kind of love. The Passion Translation calls it divine love, and I love that. So we're going to talk about divine love. Are we growing in divine love? Let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about the idea of growing I know what you're thinking. You're like, I, I guess I've used it before. No, no, no. no. Have, you, have you noticed what he did, did here? He said the, the, spirit, the spirit grows in us. Like he, but the fruit, he grows in us spiritual fruit. This, friends, is so important. So important. Because here's what happens. Because when you, um, when you think about, like, I need to become a better follower of Jesus, sometimes, um, or most of the times, we think that we have to have 
um, building blocks of faith. And people talk like that. They have building blocks and they build their spirituality, spirituality on building blocks of their belief, like what you believe. And so the relationship with God becomes not just a, not a relationship with God, it becomes a belief system of what you know. It's the knowledge of God. And so your spirituality leaves the whole idea of fruit building because fruit is organic, it's messy. It becomes this, this idea of building blocks of faith and it becomes a building blocks of, of really of our, of our doctrine. But when you read these passages and passages like these, you find even in the words of Jesus, the very words he told his disciples and spoke and the language that he used, it's not about building uh, blocks of belief. No, it's about actually growing in trust. Like your relationship with God is about growing in trust. And growing, that's the key thing. He talks about fruit. He talks about growing. Now, why? Why am I making a big deal about this? Because I recently heard a phrase, and man, it, it just awakened me, I would say. It, it did. It, it just did. It just did. Okay? It said, it said this, okay? It was, uh, uh, it was actually Beth Moore. Uh, she's a uh, writer, uh, teacher, uh, and she wrote, uh, man, her latest book. I just finished it. Uh, I think it's Growing Vines or something about vines or something, something. I'm sure if you're in the chat right now, they'll fix it and they'll tell you what it is. But, you know, um, but yeah, it's, so, so here's a phrase. Here's a phrase. And I think she got it from herself as in like she made it up. But anyways, here's the phrase. God loves watching things grow. God loves watching things grow. Let's, let's, let's stop. Huh? What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it explains a lot of things. Have you noticed that anything connected to spiritual maturity is organic? Like it's, it feels like God is, is, could have done anything, but he, he's chosen to make our um, relationship, our transformation, a growth process. That explains why Jesus steps into human history not as a fully grown man, but as a baby. As if God was like, I want to I wanna see Jesus grow up. Oh yeah, I want to I see all the things. It's, it feels like God's like, you know what I love doing sometimes, guys? I love looking at old photos and going, what was that all about? I think he's like us. Have you ever done that? I've looked at old photos. I, I, actually, I might even show you. Should I show you an old picture of myself? Hmm. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. So. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Have you done that? Have you looked at old pictures and go, oh, wow. And then you say something about your growth. You're like, oh, what was I thinking? How far have I come? We love the idea of things growing. God loves to watch us grow spiritually. That's why, that's why, friends, he doesn't freak out when you keep struggling with the same sin. And you keep struggling with the same temptation. You keep struggling with the same anxiety. He's not like, I wish you were better. I wish you had it together. He's not thinking that. What he's thinking is, oh, I remember when you used to freak out about this. You don't anymore. He's watching you grow. Problem is, is when you're the one growing, you are not watching yourself grow. 
You know what I'm saying? You're, you're not, no, no. It's, it's even your kids or even the, your loved ones. I mean, you've looked at people and you've been like, oh, wait. If you haven't seen them in a while, you're like, what happened to you? Or in a good way, maybe. You know, you, you, you don't see it. You don't even see it in yourself. I mean, come on. The scale tells me, right? All kinds of things tells me. Like, you know, some old clothes tell me. I'm like, hey, buddy, you're this or that. Because I don't even know how I'm changing. God loves watching things grow. I want you to understand that. I want you to, that to kind of set you free. Because for so many of us, right here, this is the point. That's why we can't take this relationship further. You're like, Naeem, I can't talk about love. I know. I am filled with uh, jealousy. I'm filled with envy. I'm filled with uh, doubt. I'm filled with a lot of things. And love is not the deal. Let me encourage you right now. You're growing if you're choosing the way of the Spirit, you are choosing to grow. And then you're choosing to allow the Spirit to grow something in you. And again and again, let me just say it again, it's growth. It's growth. So when I talk about love, divine love, remember? Divine love. Um, it's a growth process. So here's the big idea for this talk, okay? If you need to go, if you're like, I, I'm done with this or whatever, this is the big idea. I want you I want you to daily, daily, daily choose divine love. I want you to daily choose divine love. Say it with me. I want you to daily choose divine love. If someone asks you what the sermon was about, don't be like, ah, love, fruit, banana, whatever. No. Daily choose divine love. That's the deal. Now, why divine love? Because I believe that divine love, uh, number one, I believe that love actually postures your life. The kind of love you experience and allow to mold you uh, postures you in life. That's why some people are here. Uh, they're, they're, they're just differently, they're postured differently in life. Uh, some are willing to help, some are not. Some are, uh, uh, are closed off. It's, it's all connected to how they've been loved. And we have to be very clear about the, the, the kind of love that God wants us to grow in. So divine love is what he's talking about. It's the love that has... Um, that is, number one, it's, it's, it's by God. Like, it's experienced through him. It's like, it's what John talks about. He says, you know, we love because God first loved us. Divine love is this unconditional love. It does not grow. It is fully ripened, as in it means that when God looks at you, he's like, I love you compl completely, not, uh, not um, equally because uh, that'd be measured. You can measure that. No, I love you uniquely, fully. I've seen you grow all the way, and I'm just telling you I love you. So you have to be, number one, captured by that, and then allow that love to inform your life. You need that love to conform you. That's the divine love that I'm talking about. Now, what's great though is, is like for some of us who go, I'm not quite sure I understand this divine love thing. You know, because it's easy, right? It's easy to say, hey, hey, God loves you. Just believe, you know, what God says about you is true. And, and I wish I could do that, man. I wish. But there are times I, 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 I look at myself and I, I hear myself say something or I have thoughts and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not divine love talking. Okay? So I get it's hard. I think what's easier, I think I'm going to try to make it easy, is for us to go, okay, okay, what is not divine love? Because then it's easier for to us to choose divine love. So I want to make a distinction between divine love versus the love we experience. And, the, and, and there are two major categories. One is deprived love and one is depraved love. Now, divine love is one 
and that's what God wants to grow in you. And that's the, uh, that's the, the you got to know what that is. But depraved love and, and deprived love is, I think, the love that we send, sometimes really live in. And for some of us, we, um, we maybe grew up in it. So let me explain. Deprived love is a love that's always lacking. It, it, and the core motivation behind it is a sense of need. It's always lacking. Like you grew up and it was not enough love. You were never enough to get that love and you never got it. There was always a void. There was always an emptiness. And you're now, well, I mean, I mean you, you've accomplished so many things. Um, and you, have, you might even have grandkids. And there's still this kid inside of you that goes, I just want to be loved. Because the truth is that most of your life you've, you've experienced deprived love. And some of us are in relationships like that. And then what will we do? We end up compromising our values. We, uh, we end up allowing people to abuse us. Uh, why? Because we just need it. We just need it. There's a gaping hole. And it's because the love you've experienced is a, is a deprived love. It's always not enough. It's always lacking. And then there's a depraved love. And depraved love is, is always corrupt. Depraved love is, um, is motivated not by need, but by an agenda. And this is where some of us, you don't even know you're doing it. And some of us are living in it. As in, there are people who are loving you with a depraved kind of love. It is a corrupt love. It has a, it's a love that has an agenda. It's manipulation and manipulation and manipulation. And you are allowing yourself to be, be manipulated or you're doing this. You don't even know you're doing this, but you're doing this because it's corrupted. It's twisted. There's conditions to it. You're loving people because you get something out of it. They don't even know. They don't even know. But I'll tell you what, uh, it's not divine love. It's not unconditional love. It's not the kind of love that God wants you to have. So, I don't know if you face those two things, but if you do, uh, we need to move away from that and go into divine love because divine love postures us to live our lives of, of love and to love other people well. It allows us to experience God's love. So we're not seeking to control love, but we're allowing divine love to conform us. That's the big big difference. So do you, do you experience divine love? Do you know or do you choose or can we choose to daily choose that divine love? What does it look like? Well, so glad you asked. So glad you asked. What does divine love look like? Well, Jesus says this, great, great love, greater love, okay, has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. Divine love for us as humans, because we're not God, we can't love like him. Divine love for us as humans is this idea to lay down one's life for others, of, uh, for, for our friends. It is to lay down our life for our friends. Now this passage has been used so many times for people who are, are in the military uh, and risking their lives, and I honor, honor them. But he's saying something deeper here. He's saying this divine love, this great love, uh, when it comes to hum the human experience, is, is to lay down your life, your living life, for someone else. 
You see, it's easier to sometimes die for someone than to live for them. You see, it's easier for me to go, I'm going to sacrifice my one-time sacrifice uh, for, for people, or for a group of people. Um, I'm going to, if I was going to, okay, if there was an issue and I had to choose between me, my life and my families, of course, I will risk my, I will give my life to them, for them. I will die for them. But man, I'll tell you what's hard. Living for them. Because I got to daily choose to live for them. So what does divine love look like if you haven't figured it out? It is connected to serving and sacrifice. It is always connected to sacrifice and serving. It's always connected to laying down your agenda, your needs, your wants, your stuff, and and, and allowing other people to be priority. That is divine love, is to put yourself second. Um, and that, my friends, is so hard. It is. Like, so um, we, uh, my, in my family, we used to have like movie nights. It was Friday nights with movie nights. And we thought it was all great. It was a great idea. And it worked for a while. And then we all kind of grew up, I guess, maybe my ch- taste changed and my kids obviously grew up and you know and uh, man and now and then it became like arguments on Friday night what movie are we gonna watch and every I'm just gonna tell you I want to admit something to you I mean movie nights turn into argument nights and frustrated nights and depending on how my day went or someone else's day went people were in bad attitudes I mean, I was in a bad attitude. I was like, you know what? Forget you. I'm going to go, and, and here's what we've done on Friday nights. We all started with, like, we're going to come together as a family, watch a movie. And we end up, everybody's in different rooms watching whatever, and everybody's mad because they didn't get to watch. What? It's so tough. That's why Jesus says, you want to know if you're growing in divine love, if you want to know if, if uh, you're growing spiritually, how well are you in laying down your agenda, your needs for the people around you. Are you, a, are you good at sacrificing for others? Are you good at serving others? If you are not, um, you, you're probably not um, growing fruits of the Spirit, and you're probably not walking in the Spirit. If it's hard for you to sacrifice, if, I mean, not hard for you because it's, all, it's, all, it's hard for us. It's hard for me. But if you don't continually live like that, you are choosing to not live by the Spirit. And you are not as spiritual as you think. See, we don't need to be, feel guilty. We just need to be convicted for the right things and the pure things and the true things. And this convicts us a lot. When Jesus says, take up the cross and follow me, Oh man, so many people have talked about, oh, we got to take up, you know, the hardships and take up the God's belief and doctrine and all that. It is that, but you know what it also is? It's about sacrifice. Jesus is saying, take up the cross. For him, it was choosing to die for us, choosing to live a life for us, choosing to be born, grow up, be tortured. I mean, it was for him to choose to have the human experience when he didn't even need to. It was sacrifice. And then he came to serve. And you know how he served. So, it's about that. Divine love is a posture of serving. So, what do you do? What do you mean by that? Well, let me just get really practical. 
How do you do that? How do you do that? Well, number one, you stop pretending to be religious. You actually start being in step with the Holy Spirit and then choosing, again, what? Divine love daily. You're daily choosing divine love. So if you're doing that, you're serving. Who do you serve? Three things, three categories. People. You serve people. The question here is, how can I best serve the people around me in my world, starting with my house, my friend group? How can I best serve the people around me, people in your life? Are you a person that demands attention? Are you a, man, a person that fills the room, fills the air all the time? Are you that person that goes, okay, here's what we're going to be doing. Here's the agenda. Here's what the plan is. Or are you a person that's actually serving the people around you? You know, Jesus said it. Just look around. You want to know who's the greatest among you? The one person who's serving. You want to know what divine love looks like? You, you want to look like, you want to know who's actually spiritually maturing? Look at the people. If you are getting better at serving the people around you, friend, let me just tell you, you are maturing in Jesus. You serve the people. Number one, number two, you serve the moment. So you serve the people, you serve the moment. What does that mean? How can I, how can I best serve this moment? I think it's a great real-time question for us. It's a great, like, this is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to divine love. I have to choose divine love daily, and sometimes it's also in moments. I have to do this, and here's what I do. I go, what does this, what does this moment require of me? How can I best serve this conversation? Have you ever been in a conversation where you just want to be like, and let me just tell you, blah, 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 blah. I mean, there have been moments I'm like, Naeem, just don't even, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't say it. Don't, you can think it and repent later, but don't, nope, don't do it, don't do it. Have you ever written a text and you're like, and I think, blah, 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 or email and, oh, man, it is God's spirit. You are spiritually maturing if you write out text messages and, 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 and emails and then delete them. You never send them because they don't serve the moment. They don't serve the conversation. Man, it's so hard to just serve the moment. But for so many of us, I'll tell you what's easier, to make a wise crack, to, to have a comeback. And I love a quick comeback. I like that. And yeah, I don't serve the moment. Lastly, number three, you serve the need. Am, you ask yourself, am I practically meeting the need of the situation that I've been made aware of. Let me tell you what divine love is. You find out or you realize or you are made aware of a situation and then you do something about it. This, this past week, actually, I think it was, uh, it was past Sunday. Past Sunday, we have people joining us, you know, globally as well. And we have friends in different places in the world. And uh, one of our friends um, just, you know, uh, told us about a need and uh, uh, told us about a COVID case. And it was just, it, it was a mess. And um, just we wanted to raise funds. And so I'm just so grateful that uh, Ashley, my wife, and she just put it out there uh, on social media to raise um, funds uh, for this person and his family and for medical bills and things like that. And at the end of the day, we had raised $1,000. Uh, let me tell you why I'm so grateful for that. Because for, for those of you who gave, regardless how much you gave, um, man, that's growing in love. You are made aware of a need and you serve the need. What is that? That's divine love. Why? Because 
Well, divine love is all about servitude. It's the posture of serving. It's not you serve me, it's I serve you. So we serve the need, we serve the moment, we serve people. And friends, again, again, in a a time like this, um, in our country, man, we've got to be people who serve, serve the need, serve the moment, and serve people. We have to. We have to, we have to, we have to. And, and, and the reason is, is because it's connected to not just me and you growing in love. It's also connected to the fact that Jesus said, hey, hey, let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. You want to know, you want, you, you want people to know if you're my disciples, you, you, you want to tell the world uh, about me. You want to show and reflect who I am. You, you want other people to look at you and go, hey, what's different about them? Let me tell you, it's, 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 it's not the way you preach. It's not the way you um, uh, protest. It's not the way you proclaim. It's not the way you, you no, no, it's, it's the way you love. You remember that? It's the way you love. Jesus explicitly said, let me tell you, this is how they will know you are my disciples if you what? Love one another. Friends, if we do the opposite, we hinder, we hinder people, people's knowledge of God. If the church does anything uh, other than be known for love, what's it doing? It's manipulating. It's, it's corrupting the message of Jesus. People are not going to know what's going on. So friends, as you look around, and I have good friends, and I have people I love who are not acting in love these days. I don't want to be, I don't want to shame them or make them feel guilty. I do want to say, hey, the scriptures really call you out. Like, you want to be growing in God? You want to say that you're walking in step with God's spirit? You better be growing in divine love. It's the fruit of of the spirit see deprived love and depraved love a love that is that's motivated by an agenda or a need by lack or by a sense of power those kinds of things will always tempt you to not follow divine love it'll always tell you no 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 you got to serve yourself no 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 you got and i'm i believe in the the idea of taking care of yourself understanding yourself loving yourself well i get all of that but let's not fool ourselves, friends. Let's not live our lives justifying our selfishness and our prejudice and our anger and our I'm going to get what's mine attitude. That is not spiritual fruit. And it's not growing into the person that Jesus wants us to be. Hey, I don't have it figured out. And I don't even like this, <laughs> this, this series. Because it calls me out. But man, I would, I would rather be called out because you know what? At the end of the day, I just want to know, am I making a difference? Am I getting better? Or am I just on the spiritual treadmill and just being more religious day by day and not really becoming more like Jesus and not, and not being so sensitive to him? Like, I just want to know. I just want to know. So friends, I hope you would do the same thing. And that today you would just say yes. You would say yes to divine love. You would say yes to God's spirit 
working in you. You would say no to uh, human effort. You would say no to the flesh and all the things. You would just say, you know what? I'm saying yes to God. I have all my problems and all my stuff and all my insecurity and all my anxiety. Yeah, but I'm saying yes to God's spirit. Friends, if you would just say yes to God's spirit, it will change the game. There was a guy that Jesus encountered. This guy was Zacchaeus. He was on a tree. Jesus looked at him and says, hey, you're a tax collector. I know everything about you. People knew about him. They did not like him. And do you remember the story? If you don't, basically Jesus was like, hey, man, I got to have dinner with you. And he was breaking all kinds of barriers here. And here's what Zacchaeus said. Yes. He said, yes, come have dinner with me. And his saying yes to Jesus said yes to the God's spirit. And the guy moved from a greedy person to an extremely generous person. Now, now, just, now, and there's another story. Another story, compare that to the rich young ruler story, which was a spiritual guy came to Jesus and said, hey, what must I do to have eternal life? Like, tell me more because I've done all the things. Jesus told him all the things to do, all the commandments. And you know what he said? He said, I've been doing them. I've been doing them. I've been doing all these things. If you remember that story, if you don't, it's profound. And here's what happens, right? Here's what happens. Jesus tells him. He looks at him, loves him, and says, you've done all these things. And then he says this. He calls him out. He's like, well, if you've done all these other commandments since you were young, then let's do this. Let's sell all the other things that are distracting you, and let's go. Let's change the world. Come follow me. Do you remember what he did? He stopped. He kept quiet, and he left. Because he was like lip service to everything God had. But what he was really saying was no to the Spirit of God. He was like, no. And Zacchaeus didn't have it together, obviously. Wasn't even asking spiritual questions, but all he did was say yes. So today, just say yes. Yes to God's Spirit working in us. Yes to God's conviction. Yes to everything that God wants to do. And then give us, and his, 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 our yes will allow us to see the grace God gives us. Because again, what are we doing? We are growing. We are growing. So that means you will still struggle with the sin that you're struggling with right now. Okay? Jesus is not Harry Potter. No, you will keep on growing. But you got to grow the right way in divine love in step with the Holy Spirit. So what do we have to do today? I pray you say yes. And then you say yes to a daily choosing divine love. Hey, let me pray for us. Lord God, I thank you so much for this conversation. I pray that God, that in this, this series of conversations that we're going to have, that they would just so enlighten us, they would challenge us, and then they would actually give us a very clear picture of whether or not we are actually growing in you. That are we truly being people that we are wanting to be? And God, I know that it's your work in us. You are you are. Uh, producing this fruit. You're doing it. We're just saying yes. You're doing it uh, in love through the power of the Holy Spirit. So God, I pray that whatever it looks like for us and whoever is listening, God, that you would give us the power to choose divine love. And then maybe for some of us today, this might be the first time that you're choosing um, you. They're saying, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to say yes to the fact that, you, that Jesus came to set us free. That you, God, um, send your son to, uh, to make a way where there seemed to be none. Or to make, a, to, to make a path to where the relationship of trust 
with us. And so I pray, God, that for some of us, we would say yes to Jesus. Today, we would say, God, uh, I, I'm saying yes to you. I don't even know what that means. It's the first of the conversations I need to have. But today, in this moment, I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes to you, yes to your, your spirit, and yes to the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.